Before we start this week's episode of Zero Credits, I'm happy to announce that we've been acquired by Amazon. And as such, we cannot say the following words during the course of this episode. I hate, union, fire, terminated, compensation, pay raise, bullying, harassment, I don't care, rude, this is concerning, stupid, this is dumb, prison, threat, petition, grievance, injustice, diversity, accessibility, vaccine, senior ops, living wage, representation, unfair, favoritism, rate, T.O.T., unite slash unity, plantation, slave, slave labor, master, concerned, freedom, restrooms, robots, trash, committee, and coalition. Thank you for understanding. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's I Hate Henry. <laughs> and my name's Senior Ops Diversity John. And together I Hate Henry and Senior Ops Diversity John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. Now, uh, I believe that is actually a list of truly uh, banned words and electronic communique at Amazon. Is that right? Correct. Uh, yesterday, Amazon unleashed a new workers chat app for their employees that included a list of auto-banned words. Uh, these were a list of words that people found they could not say in the new chat app. And uh, kind of a funny list, huh? It's it's an interesting list. Um, it doesn't seem to be in alphabetical order, but it does take you on a really interesting kind of uh, peaks and valleys journey, because obviously the big hitters are in there. The unities... The union, the coalition, the living wage, classic things that we we know Amazon hates. Really interesting that things like senior ops and diversity and rate are in there. My favorite ones on this list are the seemingly random phrases like this is dumb or mm -hmm. I don't care. I mean, you have to imagine that whatever electronic methods of communication they had before, they had reason to believe that people would respond to things by saying, this is dumb. Yeah. As soon as this, what happened was as soon as the, uh, the app launched and they were forced to download it onto whatever to use it to be able to communicate across the nation at every site, the first thing sent in by every employee was, this is dumb. And they were receiving those in real time. They're like, we got, we got to stop this. We got to, we got to ban gotta, this. We got to stop this one. And then all of them started saying diversity. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, so it's been an interesting time labor wise. I swear that this segue will make sense. Uh, last week I was out sad <laughs> from the podcast uh, because I got laid off from my job. I, I've signed a non-disparagement clause, uh, so I can't talk about it, but uh, that that did happen. And also last week, I don't know if it was covered on the podcast, but the first successful attempt to unionize an Amazon warehouse took place. That was not covered on last week's episode of the podcast. Uh, what was touched on but not revealed was that you were out for personal reasons. That has now been revealed. Uh, but no, um, I know his name. His name is Chris Small. I think so. I, I don't know many. I don't know much about the actors involved. I've been very busy over the last uh, two weeks trying to find a new uh, a new old job. Uh, so I haven't been able to follow up on a lot of the news lately. Right. Uh, so I, I know the the broad strokes, but the individual actors, not so much. His name is Chris Smalls. Uh, he was fired by Amazon two years ago, and now he's the force behind the company's first union. I mean, hell yeah. It, it's a fascinating time for Amazon. I mean, obviously, I think wide opinion of Amazon is, is pretty negative. Generally. I think that a lot of people responded to the news that Amazon did successfully unionize. And, and I think 
this uh, unionizing effort for, I believe it's a Staten Island warehouse, was uh, largely crowdfunded. A lot of a uh, lot of distaste out there for Amazon. But in the coming months and probably years, how Amazon reacts to this is kind of going to set the tone at the top for the future of Amazon going forward. Right. And the future of companies that are not as, that don't have quite the leverage that Amazon has as, as like the, the highest grossing company in the nation. Yeah. And if you look at what Amazon has to do post the unionizing efforts and successful creation of the Amazon labor union. uh, So what they did immediately following this was uh, drag ass and hem and haw and delay. And a lot of people took that as like, ah, fuck Amazon for doing this. They're just twisting the knife. And, And that's not true. Uh, I I don't think Amazon is doing this to be malicious, nor do I think they really do anything to be malicious. I think their problem is just a culture of ruthless efficiency at the cost of human capital and happiness. Uh, But I I think, yeah, I think just to interject quickly, I think the real reason they quote unquote drag their feet is because the union didn't pay for next day shipping. Yes, if they had paid for if they paid for the Union Prime membership, right, they could have gotten next day arbitration. Yeah, exactly. You got to you got to look at those options and the checkout process. Yeah, really, they Terrible they should have been joke. looking. They should have been they should have been <laughs> looking. But but all of this to say that if Amazon were to punctually meet the demands of the union, though I don't know that the union has demands or or is going to arbitration or has really begun collective bargaining yet but if amazon like went to the table immediately uh then that sets a tone that every amazon warehouse can unionize so they're gonna make it as painful as possible right uh, exactly for for this union going forward they're gonna make everything take as long as possible they're gonna drain funds from it wherever they can so you know fight's not over yeah, and this is standard practice for a lot of these big companies that are that have had their employees successfully unionize, uh, and, and it's the reason why strikes happen and continue to happen. It's because these these companies, even though they acknowledge the union and they work with the union, they try to make unions as or yeah as least appealing as possible. Basically, uh, oh yeah, th- there's in every like Amazon new hire class. And this was even true when I worked at hardware stores as a teen, there's a, like a massive effort from the top to vilify unions. You go through anti-union training at most companies and the anti-union training at Amazon is extremely pervasive and constant so much so that these people who are like, they work objectively very hard jobs you and i share a friend who worked in an amazon warehouse and it sounds like the most dehumanizing awful job oh yeah he, he didn't last a full year i don't think it sounds like one of the most dehumanizing awful jobs on the planet and this staten island location i, I think maybe the biggest or most active amazon warehouse in the new york area uh when the final union the vote to unionize came down. It was like 2,600 to 2,100, much closer than it should have been. But that propaganda works. Yes. And that lines up with what I, what I see. Uh, the, the votes to form a union were won by more than 500 votes. So yeah, 26 to 21 would be, would, would make sense. Yeah, and that's still way too close. Like it, yeah. it, it, it should not have been. I always that have close. to. I always have to laugh at like, you know, companies have been vilifying unions for years. And then you like, you just cast your glance from public to or from private to public sector. And you look at the the cops and uh, all cops have police unions. Yeah. I mean, in, in Texas, this is less true, certainly. But in a lot of states, you work a job that openly vilifies unions and shows you that uh, unions are not a way to gain power as a worker and that they're going to drain your wages and no one in their right mind would join a union. Meanwhile, you're giving money to the fraternal order of the police and the policeman's union every year. And you're having meetings with your teacher's union every month. Like, Well, yeah, that, that's 
less widespread, but yeah, there are teacher unions for sure. Yeah, I, but unions are extremely powerful tools, and the the propaganda that exists in private corporations that tries to dissuade us from that is insane. For sure. Uh, for more information, I would highly suggest checking out John Oliver's uh, Last Week Tonight segment on unions. I think it's available on YouTube, but you know they're way more well-researched than us on this, for sure. Oh yeah, I've never worked anywhere that's unionized. I love capitalism, baby. I hate capitalism and I hate work. I I I support small scale capitalist ventures, namely me trying to get the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I I only support side hustles. <laughs> I think when people make much more than ten million dollars off of their efforts, I start to get a little suspicious. But anything up to that, I'm like, eh, you know, <laughs> get it while you can. It's kind of a drop in the bucket as long as you're not hurting anyone. Right. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate goal is to, to earn your $10 million, put that in some type of index fund and live off that interest for the rest of your life. Uh, so as long as you don't make more than $10 million, you're fine. Oh, yeah. If you make more than $10 million, I'm going to be... Uh... I'm going to be <laughs> double fisting M16s, filling you full of lead. Oh, my God. Jesus. The parody. Oh, parody bullets. <laughs> yes, I'm going to shoot you full of parody bullets. Yeah, the, they don't hurt as much. Five, five, six full metal jacket parody bullets. They laugh as the casings hit the ground. They're yes. like, ha, 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 ha. And they have huge exit wounds. Oh my god. <laughs> Why? Why do they have huge exit wounds? Uh, funny. It's funnier. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess They're disproportional is. in size to the entry wounds. <laughs> oh no. So it's, it's funny. Right, yes. Violence is funny when it's big. <laughs> yeah, violence is very funny when it's big or perpetrated against a comedian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did cover the events of the slap in excruciating step-by-step, play-by-play detail last week. Yeah, it seems so far away. I'm really glad that people aren't talking about that anymore. Yeah, we've moved on. Uh, the only headlines being made are like, such and such famous person in Hollywood doesn't have an opinion about the slap. And it's like, well, that's not news, is it? Move on. <laughs> I, I love... There, there is now very much a school of journalism where reporting on people not having something to say. Right. Uh, I won't comment on whether or not that's like journalistically bankrupt, but. Yeah, no, it made national headlines for like a day. It's like Daniel Radcliffe does, doesn't have an opinion about the dramatic slap or whatever. He's dramatically bored of it. I'm like, well, then shut up. <laughs> yeah. not, we're going to report on what's boring? What are we, the news? I since my take on the slap was not recorded, here it goes. It's a hot take. Uh generally I think violence is wrong and also you shouldn't you shouldn't hurt people for being funny immediately, but also like who who cares it's a slap. Okay, yeah. Who, who cares? I that sounds like, you know, for for real heads who listened to last week, sounds like John's on the same page as me. Yeah, it's like I think I think violence is not the answer, but also it's just kind of a slap. Yeah, no. So my take, just for your edification, was uh, yeah, violence is not the answer. Also, let's just stop making fun of people's appearances. Yeah, don't punch. I mean, <laughs> also, I think that anyone, any husband, not to get heteronormative, not to get trad, but I think any. Husband sitting in the audience. Yeah, sorry. Go. Any male husband sitting in the audience, if they hear a comic a comic on stage, look at their wife and then make a joke about the movie G.I. Jane in 2022, they deserve a slap. Oh, okay. Nothing about no no no. The comic deserves a slap. Oh, okay. But any male husband. If they hear a comic in, I might remind you, 2022, trying to make a joke about a movie from the 1990s, slap them. Just because of the movie. 
Yeah, at, only because of the movie. It's unforgivable. Fair. It's immortalized. That, that's the funny outcome that I don't think I, I talked about. Uh, G.I. Jane now is immor- immortalized, or that joke specifically is immortalized forever because of the reaction. It's not even a good movie, in my opinion. I I don't particularly care for G.I. Jane. It's funny. We had to look it up to see if, oh, maybe Jada Pickett-Smith was in it. No. <laughs> we, we had to look it up. We had no idea. I, was I, think like, it, I think it was like Demi Moore or something. It was Demi Moore, yeah. I Listen, I didn't watch the broadcast, but I thought Will Smith was very within his rights to yell, keep the 1997 film G.I. Jane's name out of your fucking mouth. Yeah, he's just trying to protect the Turner Classic Collection. <laughs> he, he's just trying to protect the sanctity of, I'm going to say, six out of ten movies from the year 1997, uh, in which I believe Will Smith was in at least a couple. Right. Okay. Independence Day, nineteen ninety-seven. Dude, I don't know move. I don't know movies in years. I think it was either that or Men in Black. Anyway, you were oh nineteen ninety-six. So swinging a miss there. Damn it! But Men in Black was ninety-seven. So it was all right. One there we for go. Two. There we go. That's two movies Will Smith has been in. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> no, let's talk about the slap for another hour. No, we did that last week, and it's over. No one's talking about it now. People weren't talking about it when I published the episode in which I talked about it. I'm, people were talking about the slap, but now people are over it, and they're only talking about, um... What are people talking about? There's no E3. E3 got canceled. E3 got canceled. Adam Sessler no longer has a home. I don't know who Adam Sessler is. He was that guy on G4 who reviewed video games. Oh, okay. Sorry, he doesn't have a home. He had like bleach blonde hair. I don't. I don't know the man from Adam. Okay, <laughs> from Adam Sessler. From I don't know Adam from Adam. <laughs> uh, okay, that that joke did not work. Uh, look, all right. So th- I do have a number of safe things that I've I've just been sitting on, uh, for a while. Hmm. Let's see how far... Aha! A month ago, I learned of this news, John. Hmm. So just Man, fast you can fo- tell this episode's a real barn burner. <laughs> a month ago, we got some breaking Fast and Furious 10 news, John. <gasps> That's right. Uh, this isn't the only news I have about Fast and Furious 10, though. Did I not save the other fucking thing? I don't think I saved the other fucking thing. Did I dream that? Bad radio. Let's just cut to the one I do have. John, a villain has been announced for Fast and Furious 10. Oh, I saw this. You saw this? I did. Okay. I, it, it, it dredged up the memory. I'm not pleased by this news. You're not pleased by this news. I'm, I'm, I think it could be good, but let's, let's cover it first. Yes. Uh, Jason Momoa uh, from Aquaman, you might recall. Uh, is uh, officially playing the villain in Fast and Furious 10. I feel like... Here's why I'm not excited about this news. Tell me. I think the Fast and Furious franchise... Now, now I think we kind of agree that... Based on the Vin Diesel slash Dwayne The Rock Johnson interaction, that that might not be within the realms of kayfabe and they are actually uh at loggerheads and oh no and will not be in movies together anymore yeah i I think the kayfabe is kayfaded if you will kayfade uh kayfed uh if that is the case i'm excited for jason momoa to be in one of these movies if it's not the case and this is all a ruse and Dwayne the Rock Johnson will be in Fast 10. I I cannot stand the level of like tribal tattoo energy that both of them would bring to a movie if they were both in it. Okay, so if Dwayne Johnson were confirmed or, 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 if Dwayne Johnson makes a surprise appearance that's too many tribal tattoos. It's too much tribal tattoo, tequila drinking, axe throwing, 
like modern male power sublimation for me. Like I can't, I can't deal with that. Uh, but if it's just Jason Momoa, I would be very interested to see him play a villain. Well, according to Collider.com, a franchise star Dwayne Johnson and John Cena, who appeared in F9, have confirmed to not be returning for the last installment. That's interesting that John Cena wouldn't return, but very I get interesting. It. I, I, he's busy being peacemaker, I guess. Uh, I mean, that's fine. John Cena's character seemed like a final movie kind of character to add. I know, and, it uh, seemed, And yes. to not have him in future movies feels kind of disharmonious. It feel, he felt like an 11th hour character to be introduced, so that in the 12th hour, when our hero is indisposed, he shows up to lend a helping hand. Absolutely. 100% yeah. agreed. Uh, but Jason Momoa uh, said in an interview, it's fun. I get to play the bad guy, which I haven't gotten to do for a while. Now I get to be the bad boy, a very flamboyant <laughs> bad boy, a little panache. I, okay, I, I do want to be clear, though. Yeah. If we are talking about the two people in Hollywood who bring the most insufferable tribal tattoo energy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that uh, Jace Momoa has tribal tattoos. I don't think he does. Uh, the Rock, I think, does. Uh, but... Uh, of the two, I much prefer Jason Momoa's media presence because the rocks media <laughs> presence is like meticulously groomed. And yeah. I think, I think if you spend a little bit of time on it, you could reasonably reconstruct anything the rock would ever say because he's like offensively media trained. Uh, Jace Momoa is just kind of having a good time. Uh, and every interview with him is very strange. I think he, I think he's still sort of learning how to navigate being in the spotlight. Yeah, because he kind of compared to compared to the Rock, his his arc is a lot shorter and kind of higher so far. Like he was in a Stargate SG one TV series for a while. And then his career exploded. So he's just trying to piece it all together. Exactly. Yeah. He just exploded onto the scene, got to play like a, a major superhero, got to be called Carl Drago. <laughs> yeah. The Carl Drago thing is the moment his career exploded. And he's like, I yeah. don't know what to do with this. Yeah. No idea what to do. Like got to play like a wordless conqueror kind of guy and then from there just ex- kept kept reaching higher and higher heights and so yeah i don't think he's been media trained at all it's just like yeah go out there they talk about the movie and he's like i get to be the bad boy <laughs> i get to be the bad boy a real <laughs> a real pause flamboyant bad boy <laughs> a very flamboyant bad boy a little panache <laughs> i uh i'd love to see the interview this is from because i like to imagine there's a there's editorializing between the 20 second long pauses he takes between each of those thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually very excited for this now because I, I went into a pessimistic, but I do genuinely love Jason Moa. Uh, there's that like classic meme of him sneaking up on Henry Cavill, but that oh, was, that, yeah, but that fun. was a day where he did that to everyone. He loves yeah. to sneak up on people yeah. and, and disappear randomly from major events. He's like a child. I, I think he's just having a lot of fun, you know, like that, that's one thing I like to see out of actors who are in these crazy movies. It's like, don't take it too seriously. You're in Fast and the Furious. I mean, I, I'd like to think if I were an extremely uh, tall, uh, ripped, successful person, and yeah. I started acting, and then after a few roles, I made more money than I could really realistically spend in a lifetime. I'd just have fun with however much time I have left. Right. Uh, further quotes describing the character he's portraying. Uh, quote, he's amazing. He's ornery. He's misunderstood. <laughs> I love it. I have no idea what this character is like. <laughs> he Somehow he has described the qualities of this character, and I have less of an idea of what the character's like than I did before. <laughs> uh, and talking about the process of shooting... Quote, I get to shoot with some really cool people that I have never, pause, 
I get to work with Charlize Theron first up, which I'm really excited about. I love that that's the first one he goes to. She's amazing. Wait. That's a big confirmation, right? Cypher. Cypher is in the... We knew it. Cypher's in the movie. We knew that Cypher was the ultimate bad guy. Has to be, right? Yeah. Has to be. I hope she's not relegated to being in a fucking glass cage for the whole movie. Yeah. I... That was a, a real a real miss, considering yeah. how good of a villain she is. Uh, I I love this description. So quick in composite, this character is a bad boy, flamboyant bad. Boy. He's a flamboyant little, bad boy. He's, little panache. He's a flamboyant bad boy with a little panache, and we also know that he's ornery and he's amazing. <laughs> And misunderstood. And misunderstood. He's Hollywood's new bad boy. <laughs> He's Hollywood's new uh, panache-filled bad boy who's misunderstood. Okay, I, I want us to read into this next quote. Uh, quote, Then I get to go to some cool places. <laughs> Obviously work with the whole cast. Pause. Most of the cast. Oh, interesting. Who does he who does he not work with? I mean, it it's probably just him being really honest and just some people weren't there to shoot or weren't there for the parts of the movie that he needed to be there for. So he's like, "Man, I really wanted to work with Tyrese." <laughs> I really wanted to work with Sean Boswell. I've always looked up to Sean Boswell <laughs> in Tokyo Drift. I really, I was really hoping we could connect. I was really hoping we could connect on AQM two. I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Momoa. What's a oh Aquaman two? <laughs> Why do you put Why do you AQM? The movie's title is Aquaman. <laughs> I play Quaman. <laughs> I play Quaman. I play a Quaman. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of Quamans in there. Willem yeah. Dafoe is a Quaman. <laughs> He's a Quaman. Oh, man. Amber Heard. She's a cool woman. She's a Quaman. Cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, last I, quote. I love this interview dearly. Uh, last quote. Uh, quote. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm working with Ven. I'm excited I'm working with Charlize. <laughs> I, so I, I want to try to dive into the mindset of Jason Momoa here. He is ecstatic to work with Charlize Theron. Yes. And I, after 75% of the way through him describing his experiences with the cast, he's like, right, who is the one that people <laughs> want to hear about? I'm working with uh, Vin, but also Charlize. Right, right. It's like his publisher popped in his ears. Like you got to mention Vin. It's in the contract. Like he's the one. He's the force behind these movies. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to work with Vin. But look, Charlize. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that he continued to sneak Charlize's name in there. I think he's really genuinely excited to work with her. I think he's a fan. I think he saw Fury Road and was like, oh yeah, yes. Oh, dude. I guarantee you at Jace Momoa's like 6,500 square foot micro mansion that there's like a huge projector that is constantly playing Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. And he walks by it. He's never. He's never watched the whole thing. It's been seven months since he's seen the movie in its entirety, probably, but he'll walk by and he has like a bottle of tequila in his hand. He just like raises it and he he says salute to the screen (laughs) and he just like keeps walking. I like to picture he does like the, you know, the dad thing where he walks into a room with a movie playing, never sits down or watches the movie, but gets really engrossed in the scene and like kind of keeps like gravitating toward a chair, but never quite quite makes it there yeah it just stands he's got other stuff to do but he'll wait for the scene to finish right exactly exactly yeah after this conversation i'm very excited for jason momoa to be in these movies because his energy actually i think fits the movies yeah i think it does i, I think he's got he's got the uh, the chops to not take it too seriously but bring the gravitas required to be it's been a while it's i think it's been since charlize theron that we've had a good villain in the series. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, the... Uh, I can't remember the villain in Nani. <laughs> I mean, it was Jacob Toretto. 
Well, he there was also another guy, wasn't there? Oh yeah, there was like a Swedish guy. It it, it did like the it did like the uh the too uh, too late to die. What is it called? No time to die thing. Where it's like it had a villain, but the villain didn't really matter. Yeah, the villain was like a mastermind type villain who deployed your Jacob Toretto, but he was being masterminded by Cipher. Right. So really, uh, he was kind of a middleman villain. Not really that interesting. Right. Uh, but we've got some more big news. I finally tracked it down. Uh, Jason Momoa was the first name to be announced as joining the Fast and Furious crew, but another name has surfaced in recent days, John. Oh, I actually don't know this news. Good. This I'm must have here. been after I got laid off. Uh, March 21st. Nope, a week before I got laid off. <laughs> so in those the quiet before the storm, uh, you might recognize this name. And I might butcher it, uh, but the name is Daniela Melchior. That sounds really familiar. It should, John, because we both watched The Suicide Squad, directed by one James Gunn, did we not? Oh, is she Rat Catcher number two? <laughs> she is Rat... Rat... <laughs> Is it Rat she, Catcher? It is. She is Rat Catcher number two. I, I was, love her. I was struggling not to say Ratch Catcher. <laughs> Ratch Catcher. Yeah, she was Ratch. God damn it. <laughs> she was Ratch. Listen, we can just shorten the character's name to Ratch. She was Ratch number two. Uh, she is just been announced. Uh, there's no no details about her character or anything else. It's just a deadline headline. With uh, just a brief synopsis of who she is. Her, so I love her. I, I think Ratcatcher number two is like a, a huge highlight of that movie that we never did a supplemental reading on. But I actually liked that movie a lot. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. And I really enjoyed the Peacemaker series that spun off that movie. In a, I've not in a, watched it yet. Is it worth watching? Given that I love John Cena, genuinely? Yes, I mean, John Cena, I, I think he's proving more and more. He He's an actor. I mean, like, I, the knew, man, the I man knew that John Cena meant it yeah. when he was, there was a, I want to say it's called Crashing, Trainwreck, maybe train it's wreck. an Amy Schumer movie train that wreck. he's in. And he does a great job and he's in for just like a, like a relatively short period of time compared to other characters. But I'm like, he gets it. Not yeah. only is he like a good actor, but he's playing to his strengths. He's really, right. bully- I think John Cena's like phenomenally talented. He he is unironically good at acting in, in a way that you don't expect quite from like, you know, an ex wrestler. But then I guess I honestly think it, it, it's the rock. The rock gives ex wrestlers a bad rep with his the shtick and the persona that he's just so carefully cultivated. But if you look at other ex-wrestlers, like uh, Dave Batista, is that yeah. his name? Dave he's, Batista. Yeah, he, he's phenomenal as an actor. John Cena's phenomenal as an actor. I'm sure there are more than two examples. <laughs> well, the thing is, this is a, a genuine theory that I've had for a long time, is I think wrestlers who go into acting and embrace it do really well like your john cena your john seniors your john <laughs> cena's your dave batista's if they get it and they treat it like a job that requires respect to be a good wrestler requires everything that's required to be a good actor like there's almost a hundred percent carryover and John Cena is arguably the most successful wrestler of all time. Definitely the most popular. Uh, and he got that way because he's really good at acting. Yeah. Uh, he, also, he also has just the most empathy of any wrestler. Uh, just by evident by his largest amount of make-a-wish wishes granted ever. Absolutely. Uh, I still go back and watch that video after we killed Osama bin Laden. It's very funny where they like send him out in the crowd and he's like, we have eliminated Osama bin Laden to a permanent end because he can't <laughs> say we killed him. It's really weird. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, you... but if they don't get the assignment and they're like a Hulk Hogan or a The Rock, they become like a soulless shell of their previous selves. Right. Well, it's it's a, it's a persona that's so carefully sculpted. 
and maintained and cultivated that, that there's no vulnerability allowed. You you can't it like you've in everything in the characters you portray in everything you are just this one thing. Mm-hmm. And there's some strength in that, but there's it comes with a lot of weakness. Now to circle back to your question, is Peacemaker worth watching? Absolutely yes, and only because you get to see the intro eight times. I uh is Peace I also said Peacecatcher. Is Peacemaker directed by James Gunn? Yes, and written. There there was a, a James Gunn interview where he talked about trying to uh work with HBO Max to remove the skip intro button from his show because yeah. he because he genuinely believes that watching the intro before every episode is fundamentally important to the experience and not just because they worked hard on it. Uh, so uh, which is really interesting to his credit. Uh, so HBO didn't relent on that. There's still a skip intro button, but to his credit, he made the intro, the intro to the show. So damn good that if you're hitting that skip intro button, you don't deserve to watch the show. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, from, from my understanding, the intro like informs a lot of the, uh, peacemakers like interior world, and and his interests and his aspirations because like it, he really just kind of wants to be a glam rocker. It's fascinating because it doesn't change in the eight iterations that you see it, but because of what's going on in the show, it hits different in different episodes. Man, I gotta watch this show. I love John Cena and James Gunn. Yeah, and also, yeah, you got John Cena does a great job. You got James Gunn does a great job. And you got James Gunn's fiance also doing a great job. <laughs> Who's James Gunn's fiance? I don't know her name, and I should. Is it Ratcatcher uh, 2? It is not. <laughs> she was in the movie. Uh, she was in The Suicide Squad as one of the... Uh, as one of the um the the agents who worked for what's her face, uh, her name's Jennifer Holland. Oh, not familiar. Yeah, she plays uh, a character. <laughs> nice. Do you think this would be listed somewhere that I could see it without having to click? I'm personally just uh I, I'm really happy that Daniela Melchior is in it because she was a great red catcher too. And to be honest with you, I think it's personally, I really think it's time that we have representation in media of the direct descendants of the Magi who bestowed upon Jesus gold on his day of birth. Oh, Melchior. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was the gold one. I don't remember the wise men's names. Uh, I think it was, hold on, let me try to remember Bible school. Yeah. Uh, Melchior Caspar. Damn it. Malachi? No. Oh. It's the, uh, or, Balthazar. Balthazar, right. The demon king. Gotcha. Yes, exactly. Um, so super cool fact about Daniela Melchior's, and I'm, I'm sure we're not pronouncing it correctly. Uh, her career, so The Suicide Squad, in which she played Ratcatcher 2, let me just verify, yes, was her first ever English-speaking role. Because uh, uh, she's that, Portuguese? No, Brazilian. <laughs> Can someone uh, be? Oh, Portuguese. Portugal. Yeah. yeah, Portuguese. She's a yes. Port- so before that, she was in a number of uh, Port- Portuguese telenovelas or, or TV series. Uh, a couple of Portuguese movies, but Suicide Squad is her first English-speaking movie, uh, and she's got a couple of more a couple of more English-speaking uh, movies lined up before her inevitable uh, continuation of her English career in Fast and Furious Ten. So that's pretty awesome. That's a fascinating career trajectory for. Uh, a, a relatively young career to be like, I'm in a reboot of a really unsuccessful right. uh, superhero movie that will be much more successful and directed by a gore freak. And also <laughs> I'm in a fast and furious movie. I get, yeah, I, 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 the career goes from like, you know, being on some pretty established telenovelas uh, to, I am working alongside Idris Elba and, <laughs> 
Man, the cast of the Suicide Squad was so good. John Uh, Cena, Idris Elba, Flula Borg, Margot Robbie. I I get to, like, these people all have really big careers, and I'm here. I'm Rat Catcher (laughs) 2. I'm actually, amazingly, the protagonist of the movie. (laughs) Surprisingly, yes. the, The surprisingly yeah. i'm actually the main character the entire time yeah fascinating she got to be taika waititi's daughter god the suicide squad is a good movie i need it's to rewatch a, yeah. that it's on hbo max i know i really need to watch it and the peacemaker yeah, Pe- yeah peacemaker is really fun uh has a lot of, the cast just does so fucking well i mean and the writing jesus christ <laughs> Listen, people have been sleeping on James Gunn for a while. He's the best. Yeah, he's the best, man. People are uh, like, oh, those Guardians of the Galaxy movies, real one-offs. It's like, no, nah, give that man anything and it, he'll make magic. I will say Guardians of the Galaxy 1, the first one, was a really good ensemble introduction slash origin story. Uh, I think I need to give 2 another chance. I really did not enjoy it as much upon first and second watch. Uh, to me, 2 is a mixed bag. I think 2 is... Yeah. I think I think two's fine. I think the first one, uh, let's not debate this because it's comedy poison, but I think the first Guardians of the Galaxy might be the most successful and probably best first Marvel movie. Because it's I, just I would, like top I, yeah, to yeah. bottom perfect. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. Absolutely. That movie d- stands alone. <laughs> Like, by itself, if that movie existed separate from anything else, it would be fucking incredible. Yeah, from start to finish, it's just a really tight, really good movie that could absolutely just stand alone. Yeah, and you you can't say that for many things. Maybe a runner-up is like Iron Man or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, But it's a good movie. Right. Well, they made that one to stand alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doesn't count. Uh, so that wraps up our Fast and Furious news for the moment. Uh, we'll keep you posted on more Fast and Furious news coming as we, as we receive it uh, up until a certain point, and then we're going to stop reporting on it until we see it. But it's not coming out to 2023, so I think we've got some time ahead. That's right. We, we're going to go into a media blackout, or what I like to call the Morbius Zone. <laughs> Yes. Uh, in which we will only read Morbius related news until uh the new Fast and Furious movie comes out. Henry, are we gonna do a supplemental reading of Morbius? Well, see, remember remember the, the outline. Oh, we, we can't. Yeah, remember the outline we have yes, for the path we that we're going to carve. Uh after Fast and Furious is over forever, we're gonna switch over to the Venomverse, which by all accounts, may just be three movies. (laughs) (laughs) It may just be three movies that we are, in fact, talking about three years too late. (laughs) Yeah. um, I I, Before Morbius came out, I thought there were going to be big things coming for that (laughs) universe. Really, really thought there was a lot going to be going on. I mean, we have reason to believe, based on certain properties... That uh, that there might be more coming, but man, people are not liking the old Morbius. Uh, yeah, apparently the trailer was altered in two kind of egregious ways to make people think that it was might have been more connected uh, to to other goings ons than it really is. Uh, I've read in uh, headlines. Yeah, I uh, maybe it's like totally standalone. <clears throat> oh, you mean the the shots in the trailer where uh, Spider Man showed up? He's like, "It's Doctor Michael Morbius." <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Doctor! That's my Spider Man. Hi, Doctor Michael Morbius. I'm Spider Man. They took tiny snippets of Tom Holland interview <laughs> clips and strung them together, and he's like, "It's Michael Morbius." <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's no. me, Spider Man. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> they couldn't even like, capture him saying Spider-Man. You, why couldn't you capture a clean reading of saying Spider-Man is my question? <laughs> that, that seems really odd. <laughs> uh, no, so one of the things that was, was apparently altered in one of the trailers uh, was, in fact, a depiction of the, the Scarlet Webbed... What do they call him? The Web Slinger? The Webhead. 
Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man, like a graffiti thing of uh, like a a mural of Spider-Man on the side of a building spray painted over it was the word murderer. Mm. That apparently doesn't appear in the film. Amazing. I wonder if that was in the film. Ooh, this would be an interesting conspiracy theory. What if that's in the film, but they, when they got a cut of Morbius, they're like, we, we gotta, we gotta take, we gotta take the connections out. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, like they saw it and was so bad. They were like, please. Like they saw the movie, like they, they saw a cut of it. They're like, we gotta take this back to spec and take out all the scenes with Michael Keaton. So, okay, that's the second thing. That's the second thing that apparently was egregiously edited in the trailer. Uh, there's a scene between Michael Keaton and, and Morbius in the trailer where he's calling out, you know, like they pass each other in a prison and he's calling out to him. Apparently that scene is not in the film. There is no, Henry, there is no way that they got Michael Keaton to do a reshoot for a trailer. That uh, has to have been in the movie, and then they removed it. So they might have retooled some things. I've seen some slight spoilers about the end credits scene where maybe one Michael Keaton uh, appears, but it's not the trailer scene that we saw. So interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. How are you going to reshoot Michael Keaton? I mean, you can't. The dude only shows up on film once. <laughs> he only does one take, which is really hard for Birdman because people <laughs> think that was just one like simulated take. No. Yeah, no. He, he started he t- yeah. rolling and they're like, no, Michael, this is, we yeah. don't film in chronological order. There's cuts. And he's like, no, no I'm just going to start walking and you're yeah, going to follow me and make the yeah. movie happen. That's why it was. Yeah. He told Alfonso Caron. What's his name? You got it. Oh, he, yeah, he told Alfonso Caron, uh, I do one take. He, Alfonso was like, one take. Hmm. I got it. <laughs> we got to put some wheels on these cameras. <laughs> he shouts out to a PA, give me some wheels, damn it. <laughs> and uh, the one take film was born from, yeah. from Birdman and the unbearable emancipation of Harley Quinn or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, Birdman and the emancipation of the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of movies, I want to do a supplemental reading on. <laughs> the unbearable weight of massive talent? Yeah. I just want to do just, a supplemental okay. reading of anything with Pedro Pascal in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's phenomenal. Him, he's him and Oscar Isaac, not to conflate them, but like they're just on fire right now. He's the Mandalorian. Nope. <laughs> yeah. He's Boba Fett. He's I'm Boba- erasing Boba Fett. Boba- uh, no, Tamara Morrison's fine. He's Boba. He's Sebulba. Pedro Pascal as Sebulba. What if they took out the. What if. What if they Why? went back? You know how they change these movies sometimes. They're they, gonna go back and they recast go back. Sebulba. No, no, no. They don't recast Sebulba. They go out. They cut out Sebulba, the <laughs> CGI Sebulba. version, and then it's a green screen Pedro Pascal walking on his hands, and and like this like really detailed cosplay. <laughs> yeah, just really, really. To be honest with you, not that detailed. <laughs> <laughs> he did it himself. He, he, he did it himself. He's like walking on his hands with his legs like raised up in front of him. Yeah. I'd love it. But he doesn't change anything about the patois. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It's exactly as strange and offensive as it was. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of news of longstanding series that we Wait till you s- hear who they replaced Watto with. I don't, which one's Watto? The offensive uh, uh, merchant. Sebulba's the pod racer. Sebulba's oh my the god! Pod racer. I was I was confusing the two. Wow, you can't confuse Sebulba and Watto. That's like right, confusing well, to- Max Rebo and uh, Qui Gon Jinn. I don't think that's quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, back to my ramp up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, please. I won't. Uh, speak- I won't interrupt anymore. Speaking of long-standing series that we've done supplemental reading series on, uh, John, we've got news out of the, I don't know what to call this, Monsterverse? 
The Hollow Earth trilogy. The ho- <laughs> God, wait, Godzilla. <laughs> it's it's a trilogy. Godzilla destroy all monsters. Godzilla. Oh, actually, King it's Kong. you mean the Hollow Earth quadrilogy? <laughs> yes, exactly that. Yes. Um, there's news out of that. I was really excited to hear this. Uh, this is coming from Deadline. Also on March 21st. Mm. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong sequel to shoot in Australia later this year. Oh, so is this... I mean, that's exciting. This is going to be the fifth picture in the Monsterverse franchise, and apparently Legendary Pictures is still producing it, which means... Legendary Pictures, WB, must have struck a deal with Toho Studios to extend the series. Yeah, because it was up in the air whether or not that would continue after uh, uh, right. Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong, Kong versus Godzilla. It, it technically expired in 2020, but the release mm-hmm. of Godzilla versus King Kong or Kong uh, was delayed to 2021, so it was already sort of being stretched a bit and now we're just learning that it is continuing uh with no terms i mean we we've certainly discussed our issues with these movies but i i think there is something to be salvaged from these movies i think in the hands of the right people you you could wring a really good one of these out of them i'm hoping we see less of what we didn't like about Godzilla destroyed monsters uh, and Godzilla versus Kong and more of what we did like out of Kong Skull Island in the first Godzilla. Absolutely. If, if you can, if you can, <laughs> I really hated that we came out of the summer of Godzilla roundly agreeing that Kong Skull Island is 10 times the movie <laughs> that any of the other ones are, but Godzilla is a very admirable Godzilla movie. Yes. Uh, so, Oh, Jonathan Voigt Roberts is the guy who directed Kong Skull Island. Give this next movie to him. Yeah. Let me see if I can find a director in this uh, article. That's probably written by the, it's probably directed by the guy who did the fucking King's speech or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It looks like they're quoting the director of the last movie. He's saying he would love to continue with the franchise. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't love for him to do that. (laughs) I personally would not love for that to happen. (laughs) I don't see uh, any sort of confirmation. Again, this is a deadline article, so uh, most of the information is found in the headline, with the rest being just explaining every word in the headline. (laughs) And to be fair, uh, Jordan Vote Roberts is busy working on Metal Gear Solid, so... Okay, well, let me check Variety. Let's see if we can find a director. No. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, apparently uh, the only announcement is that they're going to film in Australia. I wonder if that's supposed to be significant in any way, shape, or form. Oh, they're finally going to have Australian Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, what what Australian monsters do we know? A I mean, big Australia kangaroo? has enough monsters in it already. Just a normal spider. <laughs> what were what were they called? The uh, the mutos? Just a muto with like a crocodile Dundee hat. <laughs> That's not a muto. <laughs> this is a mute. I can't this do an Australian I give it to James Gunn, man. I don't care. Oh, he's busy. <laughs> he's very busy. He's got a he's got a Christmas special to shoot. What for Peacemaker? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, James Gunn is cool. Yeah, what? apparently Chris Pratt wouldn't buy. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pratt demanded there be a special dedicated to the birth of his Lord and Savior. Absolutely, he's like Melchior's got to be there. Balthazar, <laughs> Caspar, all three of the Magi. Oh, I thought you meant Ratcatcher too. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh no Chris Pratt is assembling a team he has been in movies finding direct descendants of the Magi <laughs> oh, he is no. trying to reincarnate the Grand Magisterium sounds like some Harry Potter shit <laughs> listen the further you get into Catholicism the more it sounds like Harry Potter oh but well especially all the weird actual biblically accurate angels 
Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just, wild. Yeah, just an arrangement of eyes and wings and ears. Listen, let's not get into set of acantism. Yeah, let's not. Anyway, Chris Pratt is reincarnating the grand magisterium of heaven through Daniela Melchior, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> she's not in it. I I bet she isn't. Yeah, I don't think she's gonna be in it. But uh, yeah, his, so James Gunn's busy. In it. Yeah, he's busy. Uh, I mean, just give it to someone competent. <laughs> and the also Godzilla have someone movies? different write the script. I mean, you know, it's, it's WB, so it's going to be whoever puts their hand up first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think the way these uh, scripts go is they popcorn it. Oh, yeah. They, one word at a time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just a... It's, but to be fair... Two of those movies did give me quotes that I still continue to quote to this day, uh, which, of course, is Let Them Fight, and yeah. uh, Sarazawa's Got That Lizard Juiced. Yeah. He's got that lizard juiced. <laughs> That's a great line. I, uh, and every, I always think of like, like the, oh my god, and then in a whisper, <laughs> Yeah. I, uh, oh, that, those movies also had some of my favorite, uh, quotes, which is, uh, I'm Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> I'm Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, you know, they're coming back. I'm the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People. I think this, I think the screenwriter just saw Hunt for the Wilder People and liked my character and then just made me do that character again, which no shade to Hunt for the Wilder People. That movie's incredible, but come on. Yeah. He was also in Deadpool 2. I've never seen Deadpool 2. It's pretty enjoyable. It's Josh Brolin. You mean, you talk about chewing the scenery. I mean, I love Cable. He's eating the whole goddamn set. I was a huge Cable fan as a kid. I just refused to watch a Ryan Reynolds movie where he isn't Pikachu. I hear you. Yeah. Give us a sequel, Nintendo. (laughs) Give us a sequel to I Heart You Pikachu or whatever that movie was called. Detective. Okay. <laughs> what was that? What was that Nintendo 64 game like Pikachu can hear you now or something? <laughs> uh, I think that was the Catholic version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. I uh, know. Uh, you said it, it actually got the title right the first time, but for the wrong thing. Yeah. The, the, the N64 game was called Hey You Pikachu. Hey You Pikachu. I want a Hey You Pikachu movie. Yeah. Pikachu didn't listen to a goddamn thing I said. Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> Yelling at a talker. Re- that microphone was really bad. Pick up the apple, Pikachu. <laughs> My favorite thing is Pikachu would just wander around in a field and look at grass and it would just say, Pikachu noticed weed. Pikachu yeah. noticed weed. The most infuriating thing about that game was getting the Nintendo Power issues and looking at all the things they could get Pikachu to do. <laughs> yes. It's like, my Pikachu won't do any of this shit. What the fuck? I, uh, there was another, that was a thing for a bit in gaming. It's like, oh, you can control it with your voice. Uh, and there was a, a PS2 game called like Life Force or Lifeline or something that I rented from Gamefly when that still existed. And, uh, I, you, you're supposed to be like guiding this woman through a facility. It's like a survival horror thing. And you're... Uh, the voice in the intercom, which is a really cool concept. That's fascinating concept. And I like told her to go left, and then she proceeded to spin in a circle, firing her gun until it was out of bullets. And I never <laughs> played the game again. And it Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Best defense. Spin in a circle. <laughs> shoot all your bullets. Best defense is a good offense. Yeah. Oh. All right. So that's what's going on. That's what we missed in the past couple of weeks. We're all cut up now. Cut up and caught up. <laughs> We're all cut up. We've Listen, we've been water cutting. We've been water. We've been slow bulking. We're cut up. Yeah, we're cut. Not jacked, but cut. Not ripped. Just cut. Not yoked. Cut. Cut. Just cut. Uh, yeah, so. We're, em- oh. <laughs> we're emaciated, but our body fat percentage is like 2%. Yeah. Well, because we're emaciated. <laughs> yes. All muscle, all muscle has atrophied. Uh, oh man! But we look we look like late game Elden Ring uh, enemies. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, such a good game. Uh, but 
I th- so yeah, look forward to new upcoming news coming soon. Now that we're all cut up, because now we're gonna finally have the energy and determination to bring this show back to its roots. The roots. We're gonna get the roots, baby. Oh, we finally have a like a like a residency musical guest. The roots. Yeah, we're gonna get the roots. Who was that person you were gonna try to get on the show? Oh, Jesse Plemons. Oh my god. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah, it was Jesse Plemons. Okay, I will tell you I made a little bit of progress. Oh, please, give us an update. I did go to dinner at a at a restaurant that requires reservations, and I talked to someone who has spoken to Jesse Plemons. John, at an you event. Get, <laughs> okay, if you get Jesse Plemons on the show, <laughs> I think it's over. Listen, I'm going to try. We're gonna as need a much space. As, we're gonna need space for Jesse Plemons. Well, I mean, we can't just. Oh, I guess we could just zoom him. We could just zoom him. Yeah, that would probably be more comfortable for him. We, we could, could just, go out to his house or whatever. I don't think he would allow have a, us. Have to a just, couple drinks. Stay. We over. can't just go over to the man's house. I'll leave my phone at his place. And I'll leave. I'll come back. So I have a You'll reason to come back. Pull a Costanza. Yeah, pull a Costanza. All right. We'll look forward to that, folks. But I think for now. We've come to the tragic end of this episode's life, and uh, <laughs> what is what is what a sad way to sign off. I slipped back into my less than zero persona. <laughs> Your less than zero persona was morbid and bellicose. I was in a bad place that week, and I didn't have anyone to bounce off of. Listen, if I had been there, it would have been much worse. Uh, oh, listen, man, uh, it's tough to get laid off, but you know what's even tougher? What? Not engaging with us. Oh, should I tell them how they can do that? That'd be great. That's right, folks. If you don't want me to be sad, please contact and reach out to us. You can do so by sending a tweet to us on Twitter.com at ZCPCWHJ. And I believe John knows what that stands for. Yeah, I mean, Henry's really at the end of his rope right now. He really, like, can't be left alone. (laughs) So just, like, engage with us, uh, please. Sad. Uh, (laughs) But but not wrong. Uh, You can also send us an email for a longer message uh, by sending an email to email at zerocredits.net. Uh, we also have a website that has zerocredits.net. You can just go there, click around, leave a comment if you so choose. We're on every single major Spotify. <laughs> every single major podcast carrier. So if you could find us, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. If you could do us a favor and leave us a rating and review on that app. That would be great. We love the ratings and reviews, and we'll read them on the show. Uh, But the most important thing you can do is just tell somebody about the show in any way, shape, or form. Slip into their DMs and leave a recommendation for the podcast. Uh, Print your recommendation of the podcast out and staple it to a telephone pole. That would be pretty cool. The important thing is that you let someone know that the podcast exists and they can listen to it for absolutely free. Uh, Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So if you help us survive, we'll be there for you when you need to listen to us as a way for you to survive. And that's called the circle of life. That was a very professional series of social media reads, Henry. Do you think if we get Jesse Plemons on the podcast? Okay, so like we could have a space, but do you think he'd be open to, if he came to the space, we would treat him like the baby Jesus on the day he was born? I feel like there's no faster way to make someone comfortable (laughs) than to compare them immediately to the baby Jesus on the day they're born. So we get to line up a couple of wise men. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to say a little bit more than a couple. Yeah, a couple of wise men. Hey, looks. Let's see if we can get a Melchior. <laughs> okay, I, I I can get in touch with Daniela Melchior and Georgina Kaspar's people. Yeah, I'll reach out to Balthazar. <laughs> oh, he's still alive? Man. Demon King. <laughs> Demon King Balthazar. Oh. Uh, we could give him gold, frankincense, myrrh. There, there will be an ass. 
<laughs> Every email I've sent to Jesse Plemons' publicist, by the way, publicist uh, has has been subject line. And there will be an ass. Well, I think I think there's our problem. You keep harassing his publicist and not his agent. Yeah, I should really. <laughs> they keep going. Why are you contacting me about this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a downstream player in the Jesse yeah. Plemons stream. <laughs> Yeah, we're trying I'm to. A, work. I'm a little. I'm a little salmon trying to swim up that Jesse Plemons stream. That 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 was the joke I was gonna make. You got you got there first. Anyway, Jesse, there will be an ass, and from everyone here <laughs> at the zero credits, uh, multiple bedroom, only one job studios. Uh, I'll I'll land on my feet. Don't pity me. Don't <laughs> you fucking pity me. We would like to wish you. A happy week. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye.